2: Welcome into the House of L podcast, I'm Lawrence Holmes Thank you so much for hanging out I figured I'd try this season, this football season Doing one extra pod a week Since it'll allow me to uh, stay sharp on some of the stuff that's going on with the Bears Make me listen to more press conferences than maybe I want to listen to But I figured I'd do one, maybe previewing each game as much as I can preview it, depending on which day it's recorded. Although I think Wednesday or Thursday is how this schedule is going to break down for me. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to get to the game in a second. I wanted to update everyone who listens to the pod. And by the way, thank you for listening to the pod. If you haven't subscribed to the pod, please do. If you would write a review for us, give us five stars. That would be helpful, and we thank you for that. I wanted to update everyone on like kind of what my schedule is going to be this fall because it's been in flux like the last three years. It's it's kind of been interesting. Um, So I'm not going to be hosting the football after show this season. NBC kind of made the decision – They let me know a few weeks ago, but I didn't want to say anything until it became official. It became official yesterday. Um, They put out the tweet, Ruthie Polinsky is going to be hosting the football after show, Alex and Dave and LB, Lance Briggs. So she'll have the show after the show. That doesn't mean that I've left NBC Sports Chicago. In fact, what they asked me to do, is host football night in Chicago the day after. So if it's Monday, if it's Friday, depending on when the Bears play, pretty much the day after the game, I get football night in Chicago. And I believe we're going to be doing it live. Like we do, we do mostly do it live, but sometimes we do taped interviews just because it just makes it easier. You're trying to set people up on Zoom and that sort of thing. So I have some mixed feelings about it, but for the most part, those feelings are resolved. I'm really happy that when the show launched that I had the opportunity to create something cool and working with Alex and Lance every single year and working with Matt Forte and Olin Krutz in there as well for a couple seasons. And then last year when I was kind of acting like I was a bandaid last year. You know, that's why I was trying to tell people like it wasn't the two games that I did at the end of the season. Like that wasn't me being back on the show. It's just cap had taken the buyout over there and someone needed to host the show. And it was probably easier from a scheduling standpoint to ask me to do it because I knew how to do it instead of ramping up and having someone else do the show. So, It won't be me on the football after show this season. I'm sure Ruthie will do a great job. It'll have a different feel and a style because it'll have a different host to it. But fear not, I will be able to get these football thoughts out on Football Night in Chicago, which I really enjoy doing, and I enjoy talking to the people that are out there in the field covering the team. Also, I am going to continue the score And I like we do like a two minute video after the game where I give it's actually where I can actually give opinion more so than just being a host because on football night like I have experts so I always felt like their opinion weighed a lot more than mine. If I can add something to it or give some some facts to back up or dispute their opinion I would but the two minutes afterwards are all me, and we'll have that on on six seventy the scores Twitter account. I try to get those done pretty quickly. Like I get them to Cody, Cody posts it up, and then you know we'll preview what Dan and I are going to do on the radio show, and of course, I'll be doing the podcast. The one cool thing about it, and I never, obviously, when I got laid off from NBC. There was that right, like I didn't, I didn't have that as an option that season in twenty twenty at the end of the twenty twenty season because everyone was kind of cutting back uh, in media circles and it just made sense. Like Cap was under contract and he was a full time guy and I wasn't, so it didn't really bother me. I think with this one, I kind of felt like I wasn't going to be the person. And, you know, different programmers have different ideas about what they want. And I'm happy that I'm still at least wanted to talk football in some capacity. But we're going to make it work. But the thing that I didn't really think about as, as you're, like, trying to... I often take vacations. Like, the reason that I was gone on vacation this past week... If you can go back to the latest pod that I posted on Monday, on Labor Day, if you wanted to hear about that. like Part of the reason that I do a vacation right before football season is because I know football season is going to be a grind. Like, it's not going to be – Dan and I, I know, don't want to take vacation. And this year more than others, when you've got a baseball team that's – on our air and moving in the direction of being a playoff team and so many people like excited about the bears it's i i don't envision myself taking any time off anytime soon but the good thing about not being attached to a television studio is if i want to take a weekend like if i want to leave friday after a show and go somewhere i can Because the other stuff I can do from wherever I'm at. You know, if I want to go hiking on Saturday morning in Arizona, I can do that and be back or watch the game in AZ and do my video for the score and do the podcast. Like I can do all that stuff on the road. Like that's where the technology is. So I'm looking, I'm trying to look at that as like a positive of this that it gives me a little bit more freedom to do whatever leading into a game like I was even thinking this weekend knowing that I didn't have to be like presentable I mean like tv presentable I was thinking about going down to see the Alabama Texas game because it's a pretty easy commute it's a easy commute like I did when I was a student I went down to Tuscaloosa I think seven or eight times football games talk to professors that sort of thing it's pretty easy. It's like a ninety minute flight to Birmingham, forty minute drive from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa. So I'm like, should I go? Since the Bears game's at 325. So that's how I'm I'm kind of looking at all of this stuff, but I'm damn excited about football night in Chicago and some of the cool stuff. I I don't even know if this is the case, but the producer that I mostly work with on football night in Chicago is a guy named Anthony Durunda, and he's awesome. Like we vibe, and he knows where I want to go with stuff, and I kind of know where he wants to go with stuff, and I think we make good television. So, after the the, the day after, that's what we should call it. We're not—I mean, it's called Football Night in Chicago, but like my episode should be called the Day After. Remember that miniseries? That was awful. Maybe we shouldn't call it that. But the Day After would be kind of cool if we did call it that. So let's get into this week. It's Bears versus Packers week. And there's, a, there's a lot to digest. I did the Under Center podcast over at NBC. My guy, Tony Gill, has built a beautiful studio. Him and Claire did a great job. Like We had a cool panel. I really, really, really enjoy Alex Shapiro and Josh Schrock. I think those guys are real sharp. And Kenneth Davis, who hosts the podcast, I think is terrific. So it was fun to like be in the studio and just kind of talk Bears with those guys. Here's where I'm at. As we start the season with the Bears, my concerns are: Did you get enough time to build the continuity that you wanted on the offensive line? And I, I think it'd be pretty easy for us to say, nope, that that's something that did not happen for the Bears because Nate Davis didn't play or practice for most of it. Now, it's game week. He's a veteran. You imagine that whatever it is that he was going through, and I don't know, and I'm trying to be careful about that because it sounds like there was something going on with Nate that wouldn't necessarily show up on a injury report. Or, you know, my first mind before they even talked about any of that stuff was like this was a veteran that didn't want to go through training camp and they paid him a lot of money and now he's just like, all right, I'm ready to go. It's week one. Put in the game plan. Let's get ready for the Packers. So I worry about the continuity on the offensive line for sure and how that's going to affect the offense. I'm excited to see what DJ Moore – does to defenses what he does to the Packers defense how do they play him are they are they maybe playing a little bit more like are they they, are they running like a safe cover too are they not blitzing now here's the thing if your team that can get home with your defensive line and not having to blitz on a team, it's great. Why? Because you have either seven or eight guys that have their eyes on the quarterback, and that makes life really difficult. So Kenny Clark is still a problem. He's still there in the middle of the Packers defensive line. The Bears have got to figure out a way to neutralize him. That Packers defense has a lot of talent on it, but it's really young. A lot I think eight first-round picks on that defense, but they're still young. But that battle up front is something that really scares me. Let me share something with you that I heard from the press conference of Matt Eberflus. Uh, I'm our friend, he's on our network, Jason Leisure, who you can hear on the Sports Adjacent podcast, which usually drops every Thursday morning. In his daytime job, he covers the Bears for the Sun-Times. And he was asking about Justin Fields and how Justin Fields was defended last year and whether or not the Bears can take advantage of it. Take a listen to what Eberflew said about that.
4: Yeah, you could potentially see that. You know, we just have to adjust to see what, what they give us. You know, we're not sure. I mean, we sure we anticipate that. And and sometimes, you know, you have to have a plan for – well, not sometimes, you have to have a plan for both. Um, they're going to play them straight up or they're going to do what they did last year. So, um, again, the effectiveness of the of the run game and the pass game Uh, will dictate that. And I think that's uh, going forward, that's going to be something we're going to have to look at. Do you think, uh, even though that would
2: be keying in on taking away one of his strengths, do you think that would be something Justin could use to his advantage if he truly has grown as a passer like you guys are telling us?
4: Yeah, I would say that's true because I think when you try to take away something, you open up something else, you know, and I think that's uh, try to load the box to stop the run. You open up the receivers on the outside, you know, you try to defend the pass and, you know, you know, play more split safety, you open up the run, you know, so to speak, you know, in terms of the basics of football. But uh, uh, certainly with him, you know, taking away that uh, run game for him is something that people did last year and that should open up different avenues for us.
2: It's interesting stuff. Justin has probably got to prove it. I think that it would be fair to imagine that people are going to load up on the run against the Bears. Maybe you're running some sort of spy technique where someone's making sure that they're staying parallel to where Justin Fields is. I will say there were teams that ran spy against Fields last year, and it didn't matter because you weren't able to catch him your spy has to be a really special athlete like to cut it, cut the angle off he was able to in some cases really take advantage of people running spy stuff but he's going to have to do that like he's going to have to win those battles for sure i really hope that he has I hope that as the season goes on, because I don't expect him to be a finished product in game one. I think this is something that we're watching as the entire season plays out with Justin Fields. I hope that we do see a little bit more of patience in the pocket where he's allowing stuff to develop. And he's trusting what the route is and what he's seeing and for his guys to get open. The cool thing about adding a guy like DJ Moore is, one, I think he's a really good route runner, but on top of that, I think he's really good run after the catch, and you saw that in preseason. So the goal becomes how do you get the ball in his hands more? And that might mean they're running quick slants with him, the easy throws, quick slants, zero routes with him, comebacks, like stuff like that that should be easy for Justin to be like, one, two, three ball is out. One, two, three ball is out. One on a smoke route ball is out. You know, when he's getting to the end of his drop and trusting that that guy is supposed to be where he's going to be. But the thing that I'm excited about when it comes to DJ Moore is what does his presence do to what coverage looks like on the other side, which is kind of why the injury report not having Darnell Mooney on it so far is encouraging because you can do all sorts of stuff from a formation standpoint to take advantage of the type of attention that Moore is going to get, and hopefully D.J. Moore, hopefully that Darnell Mooney is the guy that is going to be able to, to come up with some big plays because he's getting single covered. Some of that will have to do with Chase Claypool doing his job and Cole Komet doing his job. But I think it's a, it's a, a real pot. Like, I think Darnell Mooney could have a huge season this year because now he's slotted where he's supposed to be. A lot of Bears people and Bears fans were talking about him as a number one. I never saw him as a number one. I saw him as a three on a Super Bowl contender and a two on a good team. And I think that uh, you can be a great two. And I think that, that he's got the potential to do that. And now, with the attention that DJ Moore is going to get, let's kind of see where things stand. The other thing I walk into this game with, and Jaquan Brisker was on the injury report, limited in practice today, I worry about, one, him physically. He's such a physical player. Smart player, too, but physical player. Where... He reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders, and I know that that is blasphemy for some people when I bring up that name because Bob Sanders was such a great player, had such an impact. But the thing that reminds me of Sanders is, one, being smart, two, being physical, and three, being physical to the point where you might not end up on the field. Now, Briscoe's a little bit bigger than Bob, so that helps but he had the thumb injury last year that he's dealing with, and now he's dealing with whatever it is he's dealing with this season. If that guy stays healthy, I love their back five. You imagine the team's going to be in 11 personnel more often. We're, that's like 80% of NFL offenses now are 11 personnel. So you're going to have your nickel out there. So that's why I'm calling it the back five. I'm counting Kyler Gordon along with Stevenson and Johnson as your corners, and then Bojack and and Brisker as your safeties. But the big boys up front on the Bears' defensive line have got to take care of business, or the linebackers who I think are terrific, I think the, the, the moves that the Bears made to bring in Edmonds and Edwards, I think those guys are plus defenders. But they won't be plus defenders long. If the defensive line doesn't do their job and keep offensive guards and tackles off of them, get yourself a pass rush. I'm I, and and another thing to look for this weekend. Now the Packers are hurt. By the way, their wide receivers have they're starting. wide receivers have missed missed practice today? And there's some concern in Wisconsin that those guys are not going to be available. I am really worried. That Tyreek Stevenson and I like him. Like I, I like him as a player. I, I really like what he seems to be about. I'm concerned that he will be ripe for a double move of some sort. That someone's gonna get him because he's aggressive. You know he he's a guy that in college played a lot of man. He's not afraid. And and I wonder if a quarterback like Jordan love with limited experience is going to be able to take advantage of that. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's talk about Jordan love. Let's talk about the quarterback of the Packers and what I think are legitimate fears that come from an irrational place. I'll explain what I mean in a second.
1: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes
2: So here's the deal. You've been a Bears fan your whole life. And I remember Don Mikowski. Like, I remember that, and I remember him being a pain in the ass before Brett Favre ends up taking over. There's been a 30-year dominance of Packers quarterbacks over Bears teams and Bears quarterbacks. We were sitting there doing the Under Center podcast. We were naming all of the quarterbacks that have played since Brett Favre took over as starter, and like the list is, you know, the list. Like the some of the guys on that list, like Jonathan Quinn and Craig Krenzel, you know, like Moses Moreno, like all of these crazy names that have popped up and been starters for the Bears during the the Favre Rodgers tenure. And so the reflex, the irrational part of this is oh, no, they know something that we don't know, and Jordan Love's going to come out here, and he's going to turn our lights out, right? Like, that's what you're thinking. I do think that they're, even though it comes from an irrational place, I do think it's a legitimate concern. Preseason is is hard to... Preseason is really hard to figure out, like, what is real and what's not talking to people that were watching tape and watching the games that Green Bay played, the consensus has been Jordan Love looked poised in preseason games. But they're preseason games. You're not being game-planned against. They're not trying to take away your weaknesses, I am mean, take away your strengths and, and emphasize your weaknesses. And with Watson and Dobbs, maybe not, Available, his life could be made a whole lot more difficult. Packers' offensive line is intact. That's good for them. Their running game is really strong. And I imagine they're going to try to screen the hell out of the Bears if they don't have their wide receivers available, their starting wide receivers available. But I'm also fascinated with Jordan Love's story and him taking over for Aaron Rodgers. He actually talked about that. This is what he had to say about getting his turn.
4: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's been a waiting game. Um, I've been waiting this whole time to be able to get out there and um, show what I can do, but it, it's been awesome to see those guys, you know, they, they've all kind of made their mark pretty early um, and have done really good things right off the bat. So uh, I'm happy for those guys. Uh, they did a great job, but um, yeah, I'm definitely you know, excited to finally
2: get my shot. I imagine that there are some butterflies for the young man, and hopefully, for the Bears' sake, they can take advantage of it. That would be really good if they could take advantage of it. Because, man, (laughs) if the Bears are to lose this game, there's a couple different scenarios that I've been running through. If the Bears lose and both Jordan Love and Justin Fields play well, I, I personally would look at it as a wash. Great. They didn't win the game, but your quarterback made progress. Unfortunately, their quarterback made progress too. If the Bears win and Justin Fields doesn't look good and Jordan Love does, there's something fluky that happens with special teams or something. You go, well, at least they won. And the Rodgers era is over, and hopefully when they meet in Green Bay this will look different. But if the Bears lose, Jordan Love looks good and Justin Fields doesn't. Oh my god. <sighs> Monday will be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't even, we won't even have to prep the show if it goes that way. We won't, but Dan and I, Dan and I usually have like a 20-minute meeting with our producers, Studs and Ray. We won't even have to meet. They can just tell us who's on the show, and we can just open up the phone lines and say, all right, have at it. I really don't want that to happen, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the Bears didn't do enough in preseason. Now, I'm trying to become more conservative when it comes to my thoughts on a team after preseason. I cover the team long enough to know that not a lot of it matters. Like The most important thing is health out of a preseason, but there were some things I was like, I don't like that from what I was seeing, but you're running against vanilla defenses and you're kind of running vanilla offenses. So I, I'm i stuck with, I don't know what their practices have looked like. They might know better than I do on what's going on with their team. Like I don't claim to be a know-it-all in this situation. I want to give them the opportunity to to be right and do all the football stuff that the football people do. Go out there Sunday at 325 and fields not look good and the offensive line is broke and the defensive line doesn't get any pressure and Jordan Love tears it up on the lakefront. And it is going to be a bad, bad thing for Bears fans. So that's where I'm going to leave it. Should I end it on a high note? I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to end it on a low note. I just wanted to be honest with you about how I was feeling on this. I hate doing predictions. I was asked to do one over uh, NBC, and I had the Bears winning by two points. It'd be great if the game was entertaining, and it was entertaining because the Bears quarterback was pretty good. And maybe even if the Packers quarterback is good, I wouldn't mind seeing those two guys take this rivalry to a new place where you have two new faces. They're apparently friends. I think that could be a lot of fun, but I'm just praying that Justin isn't bad. I appreciate you listening. We will have a pod up after the game is done. Thanks for all your support. I, I truly mean that. For those of you who are fans of what I did on the Football After Show, I really, really appreciate you standing by me and behind me. And I had a really fun time. But now it's time for the next chapter, and that's cool, too. I'll talk to you after the game on Sunday. Peace.
1: When you visit Arizona.